on today's podcast, the Padres took two of three in Anaheim. We'll talk about that series, about Will Venable versus Will Myers in the center. We'll talk about Bud Black and the decision to play Middlebrooks at shortstop. And we'll also touch on Austin Hedges' playing time. This is the May 28th edition of the Intelligence Podcast. to the Quintelligence Podcast. I am David Marver of Change the Padres, joined as always by Padres Jagoff. Yes, here after a, a thrilling victory by the Padres, taking a, taking a series from Anaheim at Anaheim. Yeah, two out of three. Could have been all three, but uh, it's nice to see them win a series. They've been playing such awful baseball, I feel like, for the last two weeks or so, um, that it's especially nice to see them take one from, you know, not only a team that, you know, after the pool thing in game one, it, it really struck a nerve with me. Uh, to, so to win the next two out of that, that's that's awesome to see. But the fact the Potters kind of share their market with the Angels, you know, I, I don't really think that's – I mean, I think it's probably negligible, but I think, you know, long-term it'd be nice to see the Potters consistently perform better than the Angels for the Potters' sake. Yeah, well, I mean, I've said it before uh, – for, as a North County resident, I, I think this is disputed territory between Anaheim and San Diego. So, and obviously as a Padres fan, I want I want people to be Padres fans. So I think you know this has a very 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 marginal effect on you know who, what team people are fans of, but it can't hurt. No, and let's talk about the series and and of the Padres uh, lately. Um, you know, I, I think the main storyline right now, and it really seems like bizarro Padres land, but Will Venable has become a fan favorite in really only a, a week or two just based on his defensive play in center field. And I, I just want to point out that he's not actually a great defensive center fielder. He is a, a good fill-in defensive, defensive center fielder and a very solid above-average corner outfielder. But I think that, more than anything, the fact that we're so infatuated with his defense really accentuates just how bad the outfield defense was before Venable got consistent playing time. Well, he's he's a slightly above-average fielder, right, per the, the fielding metrics and whatnot. Um, statistically, he's the best possible center fielder that we have, though, isn't he? I mean, I, th- I think he did better than, than Bossman Jr. last year in center field as far as the, the metrics go. I but think, he, I, he I has, think. like, a flair for making those diving catches like like tonight where he makes those great catches. He makes, like, these circus catches, and I think people overestimate how good he is in the field. But, you know, after seeing Will Myers out there and, you know, Amarista last year and, like, just has seen horrible fielding in center field, like – just seeing a competent average fielder is amazing. Yeah. And we talked about it last podcast. There really hasn't been a good defender on this team all year. I mean, I think Jed Jergo actually is, you know, a pretty solid second baseman, but past that, I mean, Norris isn't a great defensive catcher. Alonzo was looking like shit before he hit the DL at first base. Excuse my language. Amarista. I don't know. I still don't think he's a real shortstop. You well, know, slightly for, above average, though, fielding-wise, per the metrics as well. 
Yeah, I think that'll go south. I, I, I honestly still think it's small sample at this point based on – I mean, I guess really it's just based on my eyes and based on some of the range numbers that uh, – you know, you can look at the number of balls hit in each zone. I, I think actually he's been pretty fortunate if you go look at the the uh, the velocity of the balls hit in each zone. He's actually kind of has some pretty favorable luck in terms of that. So I, I still expect that to come back to where he's probably – just average, or maybe a slight, a slight tick below average compared to the average shortstop. Um, and then, you know, Middlebrook's at third, and I guess Solarte at third and Spangenberg there. I, I don't really think, you know, they're not Chase Headley, that's for sure. And But Chase Headley was a, a good defender, so maybe that's not a fair comparison. And then, of course, the outfield. So, like, all year we've kind of just been watching bad defense. So I think just to have anyone do something defensively that's positive – it's really refreshing, and I'm not blaming Padres fans for being happy about that. I just think we should still remember Will Venerable is not, you know, he's not Cameron Maven. He's not a regular center fielder. So, you know. But he's the best we've got. He's Like, we don't have a better option. No, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think that when Will Myers comes off the DL, they'll have to at least, you know, maybe Will, uh, Will Venerable doesn't start against left-handed pitching and they try some platoon but he's got to at least play center field against right-handed pitching. Don't you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, you, you'd mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot, a lot of the support from his defensive, but in all truth, he's been the best hitter on the team the last two weeks. Well, I mean, other, other than Upton, I guess. Uh, he's been a solid hitter, which Venable's known to, to do. I mean, for, for years, he's been a tease because he'll have a couple weeks where he's outstanding. You know, and then he goes back to, to chasing breaking balls outside of the strike zone and crushing us every time he's up in a critical situation and, you know, being Will Venable. But, um, and, and this is something that we talked about, though, before the year started. You know, he's not a replacement-level player. He's, a, he's an above-replacement-level player, and that makes him a very good bench option. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, you know, now he's performing offensively. You know, we've seen enough of Will Venable over the, year, the years to know that that probably won't continue for the whole year. And I don't think we should be making decisions going forward based on, you know, the, the 80 plate appearances he's had in the past, you know, month. I, I don't think that's wise, you know, projection-wise. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I think to expect Will Venable to be a 300 hitter like he is right now is foolish. And, um, you know, maybe if you're a new fan this year, you, you're just eating him up, but for those of us that have seen him for the past five years, I mean, we, we know how the story goes. Yeah, we know the ending. So, uh, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Um, you know, fielding doesn't really go in a slump usually. So, I mean, we've got that. We've got that going. Um, so, so, and then I, I reached out to uh, Twitter land for some questions, and we got a couple. Um, most of them, actually a lot of them, are really just asking, what do we do with Will Myers and Yonder Alonso? Uh, and Will Venable when they're all healthy. And, you know, I, I don't have a solution for this right now. I mean, I think at the very least against right-handed pitching, like we just said, Venable should play in center field because he can hit right-handed pitching. But then where does Myers go? Yonder Alonso has been playing really well this year, and it's extremely weird for it to be coming out of my mouth that I'm looking forward to Yonder Alonso coming back. But then, you know, where does Will Myers play there? Can he play third? I really don't know. I, I still think against left-handed pitching, he – Will Myers has to be in there, but I just don't know what the lineup is supposed to look like. I mean, I, I think Will Myers needs to be in there 
every day. I mean, you think back to when we were good this year. And, you know, if you remember early in the season, I think we were, there, there was a crazy percentage of games where we scored at least a run in the first inning. And I think a lot of that was because we had Will Myers getting on base to a pretty productive in the leadoff spot. Um, I, I think the question, yeah, of course, is, is where to squeeze everyone in. And it's hard because Yonder Alonso for once wasn't uh, horrendously awful. Um, so I, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I keep reading about Will Myers when he came up was a third, well, he was a catcher. Then he was a third baseman. Then he was an outfielder. Now he's a first baseman. I mean, obviously this management team is not overly concerned with people playing out of position. I mean, Bud put Will Middlebrooks in his shortstop this weekend. So, you know, in like a dream offensive scenario, like if you if we continue to just totally ignore defense, I mean, other than plugging Will Venable or, you know, Bossman Jr. into center field, you could be looking at, a, at an infield where you've got uh, Yonder at first, uh, Will Middlebrooks at shortstop, and and um, and Will Myers at third. Man, that's it seems crazy, I, but but Will Middlebrooks played shortstop, and if you'd asked us a week ago, we would have all said that was crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess um, defensively, I don't think it makes sense, right? So. Well, okay, let me let me back up a step. So I'm actually but, but but then putting him in center field doesn't make sense either defensively. No, 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 no. I'm not disagreeing with that. But here here's what I think. First of all, I think the whole static defensive placement of players in baseball is antiquated. I really don't think you need to have a shortstop always playing shortstop for every hitter. I think you have a best fielder, and that best fielder should be playing the position that is most probabilistic for that hitter to hit the ball to. And you start. You started to see that in terms of shifts in baseball, right? You know, with a very, for example, Bryce Harper or Adrian Gonzalez or some other player that happens to hit the ball to right field very frequently as a left-handed hitter. They moved the shortstop into a large hole and kind of shallow right field. I honestly think the, you know, the smartest way to play the game is to do that for literally every hitter. And you have your shortstop or, I guess, classically your best fielder playing the most likely position where the ball is going to get hit. And in that case, I don't really think we need to start talking about positions. We just need to start ranking our defensive players and doing that. Now, that's never going to happen. Yes, so, let's get back to the realm of reality with with, uh, with Bud Black as our manager. Right. So now we're back to where we are with Bud Black as a manager, and I think he's just grasping at straws. I don't think I, – I honestly don't know why you would play Will Middlebrooks at shortstop. He's, he's not even a better hitter than Alexia Marisa right now, and this is one of those – times where I just bite the bullet and say I, I, I was wrong. Will Middlebrooks is not a good baseball player. Yeah, I that's weird. I, what did I say about Will Middlebrooks? I, I can't remember. You said he was not a good baseball player, and that was correct. And so this is me saying I am not correct. Will Middlebrooks probably shouldn't be playing very frequently, let alone shortstop. So I, I will add this was poor timing because Middlebrooks hit a, just, just destroyed a baseball today, but – that, you know, that other is, than that. Yes, that is true. He can hit I, I, I have a feeling he's kind of like Venable, though, where he's going to put together, you know, a week or two where he looks decent, and then he's going to put together a month to six weeks of looking terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you do with him at this point. I, I don't think, you know, let's say everyone's healthy. I don't think he should be playing. I mean, I don't think he deserves time over Solarte. 
I don't. I definitely don't think he deserves time over Alonzo or Will Myers at first base. Certainly not at second base over Spangenberg or Jerko. I guess. I mean, maybe. I mean, but. that's why shortstop. You know, <laughs> like I, I see the. I see. The re- all these reasons not to put him there, like so many reasons. He, I mean, he hasn't played since high school. Like Casey Kelly has played shortstop more recently than Will Middlebrooks has. And, you know, then you just stick him there, stick him there in a major league game. I mean, maybe, I mean, we don't see, we don't see a lot of the practices and, and warmups and stuff. Like maybe he fields a position well. I, I don't know. He had, we had one, one opportunity in the game that he played shortstop. So it's hard for us to, to make any kind of analysis on it, but. I don't know. It's like an intriguing, intriguing possibility. I mean, <clears throat> the team's below 500 right now. Um, maybe, maybe you need to do something crazy like that at this point. I, yeah. I almost feel like it's just like a cry for help by the manager. Like, please get me a shortstop. Well, they really, they really do need one. Who, who are they going to get, though? There's no one. I keep hearing Segura, Sar- Sardinas or whatever. Uh, those guys aren't aren't that much better than... Than Alexi is right now. There, are, there are there's no several, major upgrade. There are a bunch of options in Seattle, though. I, I I will say that when we played, you know, when they had the Vetter Cup and we played against the Mariners, they were DHing Brad Miller, and you know they they had, I mean, they have several shortstop options at the major league and minor league level. I I, I get the Sardinas thing. I think, you know, that would just be a defensive thing. I, th- I still think that's probably an upgrade. It's a kind of a minor one. And you might have to pay more than you actually get back there in terms of an upgrade. But there are options. And, you know, I, I still think this team can make the playoffs. I, I'm still optimistic for this season. So I think, for, first of all, Padres fans should, you know, not take that lightly. Like, I'm generally not very optimistic for the Padres, and I'm still optimistic, but I don't think they can make it very far with this shortstop tandem because they can't hit, and they're they're not standout defenders. And so if you look at the history of teams that have won, they have one of those two at shortstop. And so oh, I, I still feel that they really have to upgrade there. Hey, and then another instance of patting our own backs for uh, our great analysis, uh, Jung Ho Kong is, is doing great for for the Pirates. So he's making $3 million, $3 million a year this year. So uh, yeah, that, that was, was an opportunity opportunity missed right there. Yes. And well, we'll get a chance to see him this weekend, actually, which I, I'm actually f- fairly excited about. Me too. I actually uh, really do enjoy seeing the Pirates actually – when I was a really little kid, I got placed on the Pirates uh, Little League team multiple seasons in a row, and we were really, really good. And so there's always just been – every time I see the Pirates hat, it just reminds me of those teams. And so, I don't know, it just takes me back. It's one of those sentimental things. I like playing the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, and obviously they're very exciting today. And so. you, know, you, know, you don't feel bad losing to them either, you know? Like, like yeah, it's the Pirates. Like, we lost to the Pirates. Like, if, they're, if they win the World Series, that'd be great, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, okay. yeah, shortstop still, I, I don't think there's that many. I mean, Zobrist, maybe maybe you could steal him away from the A's at this point, but he, he's not really a shortstop. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't see that clear-cut upgrade at the shortstop position. So, I mean, I, that's why I, I understand a, a crazy move like like putting Middlebrooks at shortstop. Here's one thing I don't get. I, I, I keep asking Bill Central and, or Bill Center, Bill, Bill Central, 
Bill Center and, and other people close to the Padres, why isn't Spangenberg playing shortstop? Because he plays third, he plays second, he looks athletic, he's fast. I, I feel like he has all the attributes that you would want out of someone before you tried them out at shortstop. And I just don't get why he's not there. I know I've, I've heard that he has it's arm, arm, right? But how frequently is the difference in, you know, throwing speed actually the difference between out and safe? I feel right. like that's I mean, a rare it, event. It, it really comes down to just, you know, deep in the hole backhand throw to first. Like that, that's really the only time that super arm strength comes into play. Yes, but on those – and here's my point. On those plays, Spangenberg gets there. The other guys we have right now maybe don't get there. And so right. it's already – Gives you a chance. It's, it's a moot point, right? Like I, I don't know. I guess if I were ranking the middle infielders we have on this team in terms of who I would put at shortstop, primarily I would go Spangenberg. I'm ignoring the guys who already play it. I would have, I would have gone Spangenberg, Jerko, Middlebrooks, Solarte. I just don't get how Middlebrooks jumps to the front of that line. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, uh, he's he's the best hitter out of the out of. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he's the best hitter. He may be the best hitter. He certainly has the most power of the options, um, and clearly he's an eight day guy, so that has some weight. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I've said before I'm not sold on him. I, I'm I'm not super high on him, but Alexi's is the worst. He's the worst. So I, I think we can pretty much anything we try at this point is better. Um, Bill Center infuriates me when he he just gives a flippant. Uh, yeah, he's not a shortstop. That's that's Center's response. That's his response to when a bunch of people wanted Solarte to play shortstop. Also, it's just yeah, Solarte is not a shortstop and, and leaves it at that. Then meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm sure he's happily shilling for for Middlebrooks playing shortstop when Bud and and the management team puts him there. So I have a hard time taking whatever Bill Center says seriously. And it's crazy because you know Alexi Amarisa isn't a shortstop either. You know, it's like no, he was our center fielder last year, <laughs> and a bad one. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, um, it, I, actually, I was amazed. Bill Center actually admitted. Uh, I don't know if it was in his online chat or maybe he just openly admits that he was wrong on Hunt Alexia Marista after being the biggest uh, defender of, of putting him at shortstop. So you know when Bill Center has turned on the idea that uh, it's panic time, so something's going to need to happen. So we actually haven't answered the question. What do we do with Alonzo Myers and Venable? Like what? What would you do? Let's say you're Bud Black. I, I know we give Bud Black a ton of crap, at least I do, for his in-game strategy. Um, but I don't think this is actually a very easy decision. I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's a white and black, this one's right, this one's wrong. But I want to hear what you would actually do if you were managing when they're all healthy, including Upton, by the way, uh, Melvin Upton. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say because I haven't seen Will Myers play third. But I know he has played third at the professional level. So... Um, I, I have to wonder how, how he would play third um, I, and put Yolanda, put Yonder at first and put Venable at center. As far as Bossman Jr. goes, I, I know people like his last name because it's Upton, but he was literally, literally the worst player in Major League Baseball last year as, as far as production goes. He was the worst. That's defensively, 
taking into account defense, taking into account his hitting, he was the worst player, position player in baseball. So I don't know what people are expecting out of him. I mean, he's hitting 200 at triple A, under 200 at triple A right now. Um, I, I, I don't even know how you give him a roster spot other than as maybe hoping for a defensive replacement. Um, so he's not even part of the equation in my head. Okay, and then what do you do at second base in that situation? I think you play Jerko. Uh, I'm still in favor of playing Jerko, and I know it's not – I don't know that much of the linkage between uh, batted ball velocity and um, and uh, and production, but he, he has the, the best batted ball velocity on the team. Okay, so then you have Solarte and Spangenberg off the bench. Uh, yeah. I think those are. I think that's good. I think Solarte, in the end, is a is a utility man. That's a better hitter than the average utility man. And I think Spangenberg is pretty much the same thing. Okay. Do you make any adjustments left right pitching at all? Like, I mean, no, I don't think so. I mean, Morrow's coming back. You're going to put him into fifth, and I think having Despani as your long man in the bullpen at this point is is a big plus. No, no, no. I meant, I meant like against left-handed pitching. Do you? Oh, oh. Out of the lineup. Um, I don't know. I I don't know the platoon splits honestly, but I, I think I stick with that. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe you get maybe you get Spangenberg a few more a few more at bats. Um, I don't know. I think I, I honestly think Solarte is going to tail off as he already has tailed off in May. Um, I think he's still useful as a utility player, but I don't think he's someone that you're counting on for for production here. Okay, so I I have an almost exact similar lineup as you do. Uh, I would try Will Myers at third. I think at first base he was so impressive with his range and his ability to quickly react to the ball that I think maybe he has a skill set to play there at the major league level. At the very least, I mean, there's so many cases of guys coming up as catchers, moving to third, and then having to move to first or the outfield. I mean, even in Padres history, look at Phil Nevin. We got him from the Angels. He played catcher for a while. Then he moved to third. Then he moved to first. Then he moved to left, back to first. You know, like – if Phil Nevin can play third base, Will Myers sure as hell probably could play third base. And then the yeah, only absolutely. And then the only update to that I would make is that against left-handed pitching, I'd probably move Myers to first base and play Solarte at third and give Yonder Alonso the day off. And that's the way I would play that split. Um, but uh, otherwise, I think I think you and I see pretty eye to eye on that. Um, what about uh, in terms of what you are seeing behind the plate right now with, with Norris and Hedges basically being only only Andrew Kashner's personal catcher? Uh, I mean, Hedges should be getting more more at-bats. Um, I think he should be a AAA hitting. Um, I, he's providing nothing right now. Um, I mean, other than some amazing framing tonight, uh, I, I don't I don't I don't understand why he's up here i mean i want him to play more if he were to play more i would totally understand it but it's clear that bud doesn't have intention of doing that and i mean to be honest he does look a little lost at the plate so i think he does need a little more seasoning in the minors um you know when he got called up we talked about how you know he'll immediately help the team and he'll contribute but that doesn't help if he's not going to be put into the lineup or into the field which he's not so um I mean, I think you get Norris as many at-bats as you can get him at this point and uh, deal with the consequences of, of the framing, the game calling. The, I mean, he, 
I, he gets a lot of talk about how, how many runners he's thrown out, but he has so many runners thrown out because he's being run on more than I think every catcher in major league baseball. He's allowed the second most stolen bases in baseball. And that's not because he sucks. It's because so many people are trying to steal off of him. Yeah. He's, he's not good defensively. I think he's a great hitting catcher. I've been very, very, you know, happy with his production at the plate. I feel like he's been clutch. And as much as, you know, most people don't think clutch is a thing, it's still nice to see him getting big hits when it's important. Because I feel like for so long it just felt, and it might just be a mental feeling, that so many Padres were so bad in big situations. But when Norris comes up with guys on and it's like an important situation, you just, I can almost put it in the bank at this point in time. And actually, according to uh, Fangraph's uh, win probability added, um, He's been the most clutch player on the Padres for the past three years right now. Granted, small sample and everything, but I I was one of the biggest call hedges people or call hedges up people that there was, and I'm glad they did it because I still think he's better than Will uh, Will Nieves was. I just feel like if you're only going to play him, especially when there's a DH and you're not playing hedges a catcher and DHing Derek Norris, when I think he's clearly the best bat option you got there, then I don't know what he's doing up here because he's such a weapon defensively and he's not being used. And so if that's the case, yeah, I guess you send him down and you get him time there and you just make do with some crap catcher or you play Derek Norris every day and you live with those consequences. But the situation they have now where I think, you know, Hedges is being seldom used even in scenarios where he can't play catcher and Norris can DH, I just don't think that's a, a wise solution long term. Well, I'm not I'm not that wise on the on the rules, but I thought I saw something where Bud explained why they weren't doing that. Like, can you not move Norris from DH to defensive catcher? No, you can't. Because in that. the lineup as a DH, so I mean that, that well, was, that's what he was citing, right? That in case Hedges got injured, they didn't have a catcher. Actually. Okay. Um, I am trying to remember if you can. So I think what actually happens is that the pitcher becomes no. Okay. So the designated hitter spot, I think, is always the same. So if you have a designated hitter hitting six, you can take him out of the game, but the person that comes in there is still the designated hitter. I believe that's the interpretation of the rule. Right. So defensively, if Hedges gets hurt, you, you can't move Derek Norris from DH over to catcher. Okay, but are, how frequently does a catcher get hurt? One in every, what, 80 to 150 games, you know? Like, the difference in playing quality between what I'm proposing is more than the odds of a player getting hurt, plus that drop-off for the end of the game. Like, that's just... Well, that yeah, I mean, no I, I do kind of get it right hurt. now. I mean, I can imagine Will Myers is probably could be the emergency catcher, but he's hurt also. Like, I'm looking at this roster, and... What like, do you do then? And, I mean, we have had scares this year. I mean, I remember early in the season, Norris got hit in the hand, I think. Um, I mean, stuff happens to the catcher. So I kind of get I kind of get that. I mean, you're basically forfeiting the game at that point if, if you're having to, having to stick, like, Amarista behind the plate or something. Well, but, well, I guess right now they don't have Will Myers, but, I mean, there are guys – look. Eh. I think I if Will Myers catch, is healthy, then, then that, that changes my calculus. But I don't, without I don't Will Myers – I don't want to make catching seem easy, but 
I would be surprised if, for example, Will Venable couldn't play catcher. I think it'd be a disaster, though. I mean, I think he'd get run on. Anytime a runner gets on base, they're going to steal second. I think you're talking about someone who needs to be able to yeah, call right. a game. But what is I the mean, action? So, okay, what inning does the guy get hurt in? You know, it's like a distribution between, you know, the first and ninth inning that's relatively even. And then what is the actual loss there in terms of that one game? I mean, honestly, if we're playing that much disaster preparation in, in terms of catcher, if that's the reason they're doing it, then the pottery shouldn't travel on one airplane. Like, like that is. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I mean, I, I in this in this one case, I can see where Bud is coming from. Um, I get but, where he's, I get where he's coming from. Like, I I don't think that there's nothing to it. I just think that if you were to weigh the possibilities and the odds of a player getting hurt, and if you got hurt, how much does that really hurt you in that one game? Versus the lift you get by playing Hedge as a catcher and Norris DHing, I think you know if you did the math on that and you had your your baseball operations people who get paid money to calculate these things give you an answer on that, I bet you they would say that you should be playing Hedge as a catcher and DHing Norris and just accepting uh, an injury game once in a blue moon and the consequences that come from that. Because there's no guarantee the Padres aren't losing that game that he gets hurt in anyways. Like, and at that point, it doesn't matter to begin with. So, like, you're talking about games that are, like, barely winning where the player gets hurt early and the, the guy who comes in to catch does a bad job. Like, the odds of that are so astronomically low that that should not be used as a managerial point, in my opinion. Well, as long as we're starting to get into the topic of the statistical, uh, statistical analysis, uh, let's close the podcast out with uh, the hottest topic this week, last week all the time on sports talk radio other than stadium talk. I mean, Bud Black, I think, is, is very polarizing. I think you, you've been on the forefront of, uh, of pointing out Bud's uh, in-game decisions, which are, uh, I think, pretty indisputably putting the team in a worse position to win games. However small the impact is, um, he's certainly making decisions that are, that are you know, statistically the wrong decisions. Um, I've I've gone on the record as I, I, I am I think I'm a Bud Black I'm not an apologist but I'm, I'm I think I'm a supporter of keeping him around in the short term, um, but I, I think there's no disputing that 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 his decisions are are bad they're wrong. Yeah, and, and you've given plenty of evidence of the statistical the statistical uh, reasoning behind that. It's not even like I'm creating the evidence. It's like the evidence is widely available and has been for years. And that's what makes it so frustrating. It's like the average nerd at home, like, for example, if I, if I took someone from my work where I currently work, so I'm talking, you know, standard person who does statistical modeling for a living and they had no baseball experience at all, they would manage better in game. They would, you know, consult the publicly available information, they would do the math on their own. They would say like, all right, I should, probably should not be forfeiting the most valuable resource in baseball, which is the out. I, I should not be forfeiting these in the odd chance that we get one single and that's it for the rest of this inning. And we get an extra run because of that sacrifice bunt. It has been so disproven that it really drives me nuts that it's actually done. And, it's not even that I think that whoever came in to replace Bud Black would necessarily do a better job at it because there's always the risk they hire someone just as bad. I mean, the Chargers did that when they fired Norv and they hired someone 
just as bad on fourth down. So, like, I, I'm not that, you know, I'm realistic that the replacement probably won't be great, but I'm still hopeful, and I still think it's important we point out all the managerial flaws. And I don't know what, what to do, really, other than to keep saying this is wrong. And, you know, it is well, a small. Some of it's not unique to Bud Black. I mean, the whole idea behind sacrifice bunts is has been proven – to be, you know, a loser in the, in the long term, right? Um, but most managers, I think, I, at least most National League managers, I think, still subscribe to the idea of sacrifice bunting. I know, and so that's that's why I don't get it. Because if the Potters were wise, if the front office was wise, they would bring in a manager who didn't do it, and the Potters would have a huge advantage. Because look, it's three percent. It's, it's roughly okay. Actually, it's roughly two to five percent every sack bunt. It depends on how uh, important that you know plate appearance is, how many outs there are, how many guys are are on base, home or away, and the run differential. I mean, it all adds up. But you know, if you say it's three percent of a game and Bud Black sack bunts improperly, you know, a hundred times a year or eighty times a year, I think he's on pace for about a hundred this year. That's actually, you know. A hundred times three percent—that's three wins. That's a lot, you know. That's you pay someone fifteen million dollars for that. I never understood why Joe Madden got so much money that he got, and now I'm starting to see it in terms of wow. I mean, when you forfeit outs like that, you really do. I mean, in that one game, it doesn't seem like a lot, but built up over the course of a year, that is a lot of wins you're giving up. And it would just be great to see the Padres be the first team to hire someone who says, you know what, the sack bunt, that is stupid. We're not doing that. You know, like, It's clearly been stupid. We've done the analysis on every play that's ever happened in baseball history. It is dumb. We're not going to do it. But I don't think that will happen. I just think that we should keep saying you should do this. Because it won't happen unless we all say, hey, this should happen. Well, I think it shows a um... – it shows a lack of faith in the in the lineup for sure, and which is the last thing we expected out of this this lineup. And, and sure, they've been they've been pretty cold, you know, before this Angel series offensively. But it's the kind of strategy that we would have expected last year, where sometimes the best Bud could count on was for the, our awful lineup to produce one run, you know, maybe two runs. So to some degree, I, I understand the sack bunt in that it helps you get that one run. But like we saw tonight, um, what what could have been one run was a four run inning for the for the Padres. Um, it's selling out the opportunities for longer, more productive, bigger innings in exchange for hoping to get one run. And actually, you know, based on the way the Padres lineup is built, uh, for example, yesterday there was a sack bump by Spangenberg, I believe, and it brought up, I believe, the next two hitters were Jerko and Middlebrooks. You know, so the sack bun is beneficial when the next hitters on your team get a single, the other guys get out, or it's an out and then a single, and the guy scores and ordinarily would not have. And I hate to break it to Bud Black, but Will Middlebrooks and Jed Jerko, those are not singles hitters. If the guys following were, uh, I don't know, Chris Gomez and Ichiro and, I don't know, some other singles hitter, you know, Altuve or something, okay, yeah, sack bunt, you know, Late in the game where you one run means you win. But sacrifice bunting in the sixth inning when you're down a run after a leadoff walk, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of brain power to determine that's a bad decision. Yeah, and I'll give the one ca- caveat that 
If Alexia Maurice is up, I can certainly see the justification for it a little more. Um, I think he hits worse than half of our pitchers. It's still a statistical loser, but it narrows the gap uh, significantly when he, when it's him. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I don't think he's getting fired. I, I don't think Bud Black. I mean, maybe if the team goes for a ten-game losing streak, I, I don't think he's getting fired. Um, I, okay. I think if they. I mean, to some degree, to sure. some degree, we already know Preller doesn't have full faith in him because he didn't sign him to an extension. I mean, it, it, it's it's less crucial now, but I mean, it was only a few years ago that. It was a huge deal if a manager went into his last season and wasn't signed. Generally, the the normal front office conduct would be to give him a one year extension, and if you're going to fire him, fire him after that. You know that that season, and he'd still have a year left on the contract. That's lost some steam. I mean, Mattingly went into a last year of a contract. Bud's doing it now, but it's certainly not um, you know a vote of confidence from AJ Preller this year. So. Um, that's to some degree has made me question why the media and the team employees have been so, so vigorously defending him when clearly the front office doesn't have faith in him. But um, I mean, I honestly think they're going to keep him around through the season and then just not re-sign him. Um, I, I just have a hard time seeing them doing a mid a mid season firing of him at this point. Yeah. Plus there's the whole Pat Murphy, you know, thing where, Padres apparently didn't let the Brewers interview Pat, Mur- uh, Pat Murphy, who's the Padres' AAA manager. So that, I know, led Ken Rosenthal to postulate that maybe the Padres were planning on replacing Black with Murphy. I don't know. I can't speak for that. I actually haven't gone and seen if Pat Murphy is any better at in-game strategy. I would hope he is, but I, I haven't. I don't know. He's an old-school guy. Like, I, I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't either. But honestly, if they replace Bud Black with a carbon copy of Bud Black that happens to be a little bit more fiery, that's probably still a slight net win. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't buy into the fiery thing. But, um, I think, you know, I think it matters a little bit. I think it's – I think we have to have some sort of – um. You know, at the very least, the manager has to pretend like he'll bench you. Like, I think, I think you know, most jobs in the world and most things require at least some incentive to play well that is induced by fear. And so I, I feel like Bud Black is the most tacit manager you could possibly have. And I don't know. But, look, I don't have any science behind that. You know, the, the sack bunt stuff, I can say this is wrong. But, you know, that's just a personal opinion. And I could be wrong on that. I mean, at this point, you could fire him and just use a spreadsheet. And as far as only the in-game strategy part, you'd be fine. That's what I want. uh, Did you ever play party poker back in the day? What was that? You know, like you know, like when poker was real popular, and like there was online poker. Oh yeah. Party poker was just like one of the online poker, yeah, online gambling. Yep. But you could get like a you could get like this additional program that would that would. Like like plug into party poker, it would see your hand and it would give you all the percentages so that you knew how to play the hand, right? It was helping you. Yeah, it's still up to you to to make decisions, you know, whether to draw or what to keep. But you had the the percentages right there to make 
the optimal decision. Like that's literally all we need right now is that little app, which I'm sure Josh Stein or someone in the front office could, could formulate just to spit out what the optimal statistical solution is for every in-game, in-game decision. And then just have some guy to motivate and, you know, deal with the personnel stuff in the clubhouse. Like we, we'd yeah. be better off. It's that's unrealistic to expect that, but. I've been saying that for podcasts, you know, like just those roles shouldn't be rolled up into one person, right? Like you should have a nerd who like you pay way less than you currently pay a manager. And then you have people manager who deals with the aspect of managing the personalities and stuff and keeping the, the dugout, you know, and the clubhouse in good order. And, you know, whether or not it's just some, yeah, an, an app and maybe, I, I, look, I don't know. All, all I know is that, Honestly, the Potters would be better off with a manager that does nothing than a manager that tinkers away Bud Black tinkers with the lineup every day and with the in-game strategy in terms of sack bunts and, and bullpen management and stuff. And well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Joe Madden and his big salary. I mean, he's we're considering him a good a good manager because he doesn't screw up. Like that's that's the level of accomplishment that that we're looking for is just not hurting your team. Like yeah, like that's a really low bar to meet. Um, I, I will I will do in a better job with in-game strategy for like one fiftieth the cost, you know, like. And that you know. Yeah, I mean, like just bring yeah, hire Octonion or someone, you know. Yeah, and look, anyone, anyone in that baseball ops group, literally anyone. But. Uh, it's not going to happen. It's not yeah. going to happen. And the fantasy but, of firing uh, firing Bud Black right now, I think, is just that. It's a fantasy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to become a fictional podcast here over the past five minutes. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's let's call it a day for this. We have another po- big podcast coming up soon. Yes, um, we can throw out that as a tease. Big guest. Yeah. Big yeah. local celebrity. I, I don't think anyone will uh, dislike our guest coming up next. Um so uh, for the rest of uh, the week, just hold tight for another podcast that I think will probably be out Monday or Tuesday. Um, until then, uh, enjoy the series win against the Angels. Uh, I definitely have. Um, and, uh, yeah, go Padres. Yeah, go Padres. Beat the Pirates.